Welcome back to the DMU Dance Plus podcast. This podcast is from a workshop run by Jordan Hollywood explaining DIY headshots and your professional portfolio. A special thank you to Jordan. Enjoy the podcast. So today I am going to talk about taking your own headshots. I know that's kind of the main, probably why a lot of you have heard about today. Um, I'm also going to talk about your professional portfolio and by portfolio I mean photographic portfolio um, not necessarily the list of things on your CV that you are capable of because that's your remit you guys know what you can do um, but I'm going to talk about like how to present yourself in I suppose like a, an array of arenas because um, as I've just heard you guys are all going in different directions and it is awesome you know to hear some of you go I'm going to be a project leader I want to help people you know with physio or I want to work in teaching um, or just be part of someone else's amazing project like that's massively different to each other um, but basically making an impression like I think Meg just said is key because in most jobs you know you don't need to show your face they shouldn't judge you on your face if you're good at your job that's enough but with what you're doing it's visual it's you are a personality in front of a group of people and you're pitching someone's life story or you're pitching someone's struggle or you're pitching your nationality and your heritage and ultimately your face matters in those scenarios so getting the right face across is is important um you know as Sasha rightly said earlier when you're on a salsa dance floor the photographer does rather capture a face you didn't know you could make um I see her laughing. This is, yeah, this is what I was aiming for here. So yeah, I'm going to talk about taking your own headshots. I'm going to talk about your portfolio. I'm going to talk about this co like concept of building your own like photographic aesthetic and identity um, and sort of how to prepare for the different stages of that. So yeah, so I'll try and cover it in the time. I'm just seeing it's like already 10 past, so I'll do my best. And um, I'll be here for like a good hour after we finish. Any questions you have, hit me up. I'll be here. <laughs> Um, so skipping past a bit we just saw, I was going to just tell you a little bit about me because you're probably like, who is this girl? What does she know about this? Um, this is a photo of me that I did not take. This is not a headshot I did by myself. I helped with the setup, but um, my boss where I used to work took this picture for me and I'm not very good behind, like in, in front of a lens. I'm quite a nervous, timid person when I meet people for the first time. I tend to stand a little bit offish. You know, you're like, oh, I start playing with my necklace and my hair. You'll see me do it today. Um, I like being behind the camera, capturing other people's faces and skills. So being in front of it is not my forte. But my boss was like, shut up, stand there. Let me move your shoulders and cross your arms and just smile at me like you want to be my friend. And I was like, OK, I can do that. And she took this picture. And so this is the one that I stick on my LinkedIn at the top of my CV when I apply for like creative role jobs. Um, this is the one I send to clients when they book me for a photo shoot so they know who to expect at the door because ultimately that's how I'm pitching myself. I'm rocking up with kit. I'm taking pictures of children a lot of the time. They don't want a stranger walking and taking pictures of children. They want to know that they're DBS checked, approachable and the person they booked. So this picture to me pitches me. This is how I feel I look a lot of the time. I don't know if Sasha would agree. <laughs> Do I look like that Sasha or normally more sweaty? <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I have recently branched out on my own. You can see, I'm just moving you guys over because I can't actually see what I've written. Um, I've recently left my job. I worked for six years, sometimes part-time when I was studying and sometimes full-time um, with a company called Carmel Jane Photography. And she's become the country's biggest schools and dance photographer. She's won awards all across the country now. Um, when I started working with her six years ago, she was a team of eight female photographers. 
and I left in November and she was a team of 32 with two area managers. So in a, you know half a decade, she expanded massively. And we started with just little ballet schools, you know, little children in their tutus at showcases and competitions. And we expanded to taking pictures for like the Royal Academies in London, like for their kind of auditions. And um, there'll be a couple of photos today of professional dancers that you may have seen in productions. I don't know, um, but either way, we expanded in size, but we expanded in what we did as well so you know going from seven-year-olds to professionals is a big jump and I very much had to learn a lot of ballet positions and how to talk to people that know nothing but dance <laughs> very different world um I my background's a bit weird so I did the international baccalaureate diploma instead of a level so I was always a bit like sprawled out I loved kind of languages and arts and science and everything I was a bit indecisive if you will um I then went to the University of Warwick in the Midlands so that's how I met Sasha Sasha knew me through salsa the salsa scene um I studied politics and Hispanic studies at uni not photography not dance <laughs> I did politics and languages and then I got into salsa there and that's how I met my current boyfriend as well so dance has done a lot for me in terms of like confidence um I suppose like my social circles work as well obviously um and now I'm in love with a Frenchman who danced. So, you know, what's one to do? <laughs> um, I also lived in Costa Rica in Central America for a year. And it was kind of part of my degree. Um, but I was the first person to go and do what I did. So I went and lived literally in the rainforest for a year and worked for a sea turtle conservation charity. And I was like an educational coordinator. I did all their social media. Um, I used to run workshops in the town and photograph wildlife for... Um, what do you call it for sort of like species spotter applications so I just used to have to photograph rare stuff and then explain to the council that they couldn't build in certain areas because this particular species existed so my background is kind of crazy like it's conservation it's languages it's dance and then photography it's a lot of stuff but that's me I'm a bit all over the shop so that's me. Um, my new venture I've called it the Tika project you can see I've got a little description of why that is. Um, Tika in Costa Rica is the word for a Costa Rican woman. So where we say Brit instead of like a British citizen, they say Tika. Um, and that for me meant sort of like female power, respect for nature, sustainability. So that's where I'm going with my photography work. Um, I aim to keep everything as digital as possible. If I do any printing for people, it's like vegan inks and recycled paper. Um, a big proportion of my profits from any job I do goes towards the project I work for um in Costa Rica so I'm actually trying to help the conservation project with my work here so it's all very like circular hopefully bringing it all together in my own project now um so a lot of the pictures you'll see in this presentation are a combination of my own on my own or my own through Carmel Jane photography so anytime that's the case you'll see their watermark because I wasn't allowed to use the pictures without the watermark <laughs> so yeah it's a big mishmash and um, ultimately that's who I am just so you know my background um going to jump over here so six years I did a kind of a, a variety of different roles I started off just as a dance photographer like I was saying but then I moved up to becoming like an editor and in charge of production so I was actually like getting products made in the studio to send out to people that ordered them um, and then I became a photographic supervisor which was my last job so I was like in charge of new photographers like training them up and getting them to go out and be confident in front of people that are already confident which believe me is tough and I'm sure you'll all understand that <laughs> <laughs> um you can actually see a lot more of the photographs that the company do so I wasn't the only one there obviously 
And so Carmel Jane Photography, she's on Instagram under that and also CJP Dance. So you guys would probably want to follow that account because it is just dance. They also did like um, like product photography and like portraiture for counsellors and stuff that probably doesn't interest you at all. So CJP Dance might be a good one to follow just to get some ideas. Um, but yeah, feel free to have a mooch at the website. You'll see my little profile on there. I look quite young in it. It was a while ago. Um, yeah, so that's me. Just wanted to kind of tell you where I came from so that, you know, I don't just seem like a stranger talking about headshots. Um, sorted. Okay, so just as a little heads up in case you didn't already know, um, Sasha is booking me to come to you. Um, and this is going to be me as the Tika project. I'm, I no longer work for Carmel Jane Photography. We're on good terms, but I don't, I'm not on their payroll anymore. So when I come to you, I'll be bringing my own kit um, and doing things my own way, hopefully a little bit friendlier than my boss used to be. Um, and so, <laughs> so I'm just seeing Sasha laughing. We got on, me and my boss, but she's rather creatively driven and, and not really driven by her workers. It's an interesting combination. Um, so I think preliminary dates at the moment are 5th and 6th of May, but obviously Sasha is your girl. So if you want to know for sure when this is happening, she'll let you know the details. Um, I'll be coming up for a couple of days at the minimum. So if there's a day you can't do, it's okay. I will stick around. I've got time for everybody. And you'll need to register for a slot and potentially fill in a form before the day. So I ask everybody that I take photos of to sign a model release form just so that I can use your photography in my own promotion. If you're not okay with that, you just say no, it's fine. I'm not going to stick you on my Instagram against your will. Um, but ultimately, you're all gorgeous. You all have a craft and you're all going into a world where you need to be known. You need to be present. You need to be someone somebody wants to hire. So if my Instagram can help you in some way, sign that model release because I will happily promote you all the way through. Um, so I'm going to be coming up to take headshots first and foremost. Um, I'll probably be doing that on a grey backdrop, which can be lit to your taste. So if you'd rather your background be kind of white in appearance so that you really pop out the front I can do that if you'd rather it seem really black and you want kind of like a low lighting headshot like Sasha was talking about that's also achievable so you tell me on the day how you want to look and we'll work it from there um, I'm also coming up to do what I call full body movement shots so you'll see lots of examples of these today um, no matter what your dance style no matter what shoes or no shoes you rock up in I'll be able to take kind of, well, lots, but you'll get three to five images of yourself in, you know, various dance styles that you can use for applications. So they will be, you know, high resolution, digitally sent to you, all in the package. You can see at the bottom here, I've got three different prices. These are my student prices because I feel you. When I was at uni, I could not afford a photo shoot myself. <laughs> Everything was extortionate. So I'm hoping that these prices will be something that you can all okay with if that's a way of putting it um any problems though you let sasha know because we'll work it in somehow um i basically just want you guys to have a go you know pitch yourself in front of a camera see what you can do and then critique yourselves you know with these pictures you can be like yes this is how i thought i looked or what is my leg doing that question it comes up all the time <laughs> so yeah so this is what is going to be happening for you guys no matter what if you're around um coming up to do a shoot However, headshots, I know we've already talked about what you can use them for. Um, a couple of you have said, obviously, they're really important for um, applications for everything. Just as a random tech question, when I move your videos around, you can't see me doing this, right? You're not seeing your faces just dragged across the screen. Is it all okay? 
Okay, cool. I just worry that I just block out the writing by moving it. Um, so headshots, obviously putting them at the top of your CV or LinkedIn profile is number one. I think if you don't have a picture, you're kind of a detriment to your own forward thinking. As much as we don't want to judge people on how they look, people do. They always do. They want to know that you're approachable and not a creep. So having a picture of yourself is so important, especially in your industry. Um, and obviously, if you're applying for auditions or for dance companies or um, theatre, I know a couple of you are probably into, you know, the combination with acting as well. Um, or if you're setting up your own project or dance performance of some kind, um, recruiting people, you want to be like, hi, I run this project. This is me. You know, look out for me. Call me, like connect with me. This is who I am. So I'm sure you've all thought that before and you knew that, but just in case you're like, what's the point? Headshots, they're helpful. Um, and then like, what is it? I think a lot of people have this idea that it is literally just your head, <laughs> which I think I thought as well. Um, it's not, it's a clear, you know, unfiltered image of your face, of course, but it is you as, as a person as well. So it's rare to see a headshot with literally just like the minimum neck and like not much above your head. You might see that for actors' headshots occasionally and they'll kind of really zoom in on facial features and kind of you won't see all of the person's hair, you won't see their shoulders. But ultimately, as a headshot, you know, for anything kind of generic, you want to see shoulders and you want to see a little bit of space around you. You don't want to fill the frame too much. Um, so, you know, it's the first thing someone sees. You want to pitch yourself as a creative, not just your head. <laughs> you don't want to be like a little floating head. Um, so let me just jump over here. So identity in headshots. Now you'll see on the right hand side, um, that's all me. They, it's the same day. My hair was not as straight as I thought it was that day. I also look really tired. Like if you zoom in, you'll see that I had not slept very well the night before. <laughs> um, but hopefully the identity in each of these pictures is very different. For me, I felt different in all these pictures. So different color backgrounds for sure do something. We all have sort of like, um, I suppose like a preconception of a color depending on your life experience, certain colours will be more cheerful, certain colours will be more serious. Um, so straight away, background colour can give your pictures an identity. Ultimately, if you're pitching yourself as a creative that's quite adaptable, then going for a neutral colour is your best bet because then you could do anything. <laughs> you don't want to appear too happy and happy-go-lucky and cheerful if you're applying for quite a serious role in something. And you don't want to seem too serious if actually you're trying to say, look, I'm really fun to work with and I'd be great for your team. So colour can be quite difficult to choose, but ultimately neutral's kind of a safe bet. Um, you'll also see my body position in all of these is very different. Um, and actually my facial expression doesn't change too much, but the angle of my head does. So this was my goal for these pictures. I'm just going to roll through it. The first one, I wanted to say, I'm a really hard worker and I'm nice. That was my approach with that first one. I'm a hard worker and I'm nice. You know, I mean business, but I'm friendly. I hope that came across. Nobody knows. The second one is the one I use for my tutoring profiles because I teach languages to children. And I wanted this to be like, I know what I'm talking about and I'm really nice. So same vibe, but for children. It's a bright color. I look smiley. That was my vibe. And the third one is the one that I use for collaboration applications. So if I'm trying to get people to work on a project with me in terms of conservation, I'm a leader in that picture. Um, and I think it's a combination of the dark color behind the fact that you see more of me and actually my folded arms are a feature, not just the border of the picture. I'm actually standing there and I'm in business. I'm not comfortable in front of a camera. I don't know how many of you would be either, but just literally on the same day by changing the color behind me and where my head was, that made a difference in terms of the identity in those pictures. And there's so much more you can change. 
Um, so you've got to think about the things on the left hand side there in terms of what your identity should be. So what's it for? You know, what do you need a headshot for? If it's for a dance company or a particular role, that's going to determine what your headshot could look like. Um, who will see it and what are they looking for is probably one of the biggest questions, because if they're looking for someone adaptable or if they're looking for someone to play Snow White, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a very different pitch that you're making. So your photo needs to reflect that. Um, how you want to be perceived. I've only put a couple of suggestions here, like I just went through. Um, you know, do you want to seem flexible, approachable, cheerful, or do you want to seem like I am who I am, hire me for my character, don't mess with me? You've got to work out for each application what's necessary for you and then adapt your headshot on that. Um, and is your body important to your employer? I don't mean that in a creepy sense, but if you're pitching yourself as a dancer, or as a particular role in kind of like a theatre production. Ultimately, how you look, how you hold yourself, what your stature looks like, how strong you are, they might be a feature that matter. So think about it. Is it just your face that matters? Or is it your whole entire dance craft? <laughs> um, and that will determine lots in terms of like who you pick to take your pictures, what's behind you, how much of you's in the shots. Um, and this last one, actually, for me, is really important because I'm not I'm not a dancer that's working professionally. I work in stuff to do with dance. For me, I have stuff I'm self-conscious about and I don't want that to show in the picture. So, you know, certain parts of my body are not my favourite. Certain angles of my face, I feel like I look 12 years old and that's not how I want to look when I'm trying to collaborate with companies. Um, I also am blonde and very smiley and straight away I'm not taken very seriously because of those features. So ultimately, by toning down how blonde I look in the picture or by concentrating on my body position rather than my smile, it puts me in a different frame. And I'm not just that smiley blonde, I'll do anything you ask me to do person. I'm that smiley blonde, don't mess with me, I run a company person. So ultimately, think about what you don't like about yourself. You don't have to tell me, but think about it. What is it? Is it your skin? Is it the way your hair sits is it how you can't push your shoulders down and look confident if there's certain things about you that you don't like think about how to eliminate them in the photograph without actually editing them out <laughs> you know you can change the photograph to suit the most confident version of yourself um, and that's the bit that you want to pitch really so yeah um am i talking at an all right pace are you guys is it too fast too slow are you guys all right thumbs up is that okay yeah um again any questions you let me know because I don't want to just like skip past stuff and you were like ah she talks so much right let me just jump back up um okay so this here um I can't lie to you I stole my friend's pictures of his face without asking him so if all of a sudden um an actor called Ed Tunningley uh files a lawsuit against me <laughs> he wouldn't it's fine and um, this here is one of my best friends I went to school with him so I've known him since he was 11 years old he currently works as a choreographer or fight scenes in the West End, but he's also been in a production called Choir of Man, which has travelled the world on cruise ships, has had residencies all over Europe and Australia. Um, he's a dancer like you guys, classically trained. He obviously is a fighter. He choreographs fight scenes with swords and like crazy implements. Um, he's also a singer. He, he plays guitar, the ukulele, the drums, you name it, this guy can do it on stage. Um, he's also incredibly friendly. However, you'll notice in a couple of these photographs, he does not look too friendly. He looks like a Nordic warrior that wants to steal your fish. Um, 
this guy has had headshots taken by an array of people. I did not take a single one of these pictures. Um, he won't let me because he thinks I'll make him laugh. And he, every time he goes to get headshots, doesn't know what he's going to do in front of the camera. He's got a very expressive face, as you'll see, and his hair is quite distinctive. And he's quite a big lad. He's, he's like a rugby player as well, very broad, very tall. Um, however, I think he looks like a completely different man in every single one of these photographs. Um, these are all headshots for different reasons. So you can see the top three are all actors' headshots. And the crop, and by crop I mean how much of him is in the picture, is different to that of the bottom three, which are especially for stage productions and more musical jobs. So in the top three, his facial features were super important. The people that recruited him for different acting positions wanted to see what kind of a character he could play, what he could do with his face, who he was as a person. Whereas the bottom three are very much about his own actual identity. And he's a musician in like a rock band and he's very like, um, I don't know what the word is. He's just, you don't mess with him. His music is quite crazy. Um, so can you all see the identity difference between the top layer and the bottom layer? Yeah? Okay, cool. I'm glad that wasn't just me kind of seeing that. Um, you can see it's him. I mean, his face is very distinctive and his facial hair and everything, very distinctive. But ultimately, he's pitching a different version of himself in every single picture. And it's not him that led that. The photographer will have said to him, okay, Ed, I want you to look at me like I just stole your cheese sandwich. And if you look at the top middle one, you'll see that that's exactly the face he does when I steal food from his plate when we have picnics. Um, also, the one bottom right is... Just imagine that I told you we're going to Dubai and you don't have to pay for the flight. <laughs> so photographers are quite good at working out what kind of a person you are and chatting to you and getting you to pull different faces without even realising it. Um, ultimately, it's hard to say to yourself, OK, now let's do a smile where I look approachable because you'll very much do like a frozen stale face. Um, but the photographer can can bring stuff out of you. So finding the good photographer, finding the right photographer um, is, is the challenge that you have to take on. Pulling the faces is not. That's their job. They tell you what to do with it. So straight up, no worries about faces. Um, so just so you know, a professional headshot, because I mean, you can take photos of your own face. I and mean, when we talked about selfies earlier on, it's easy to take a photo of your own face and be like, yeah, that looks like me. That's how I feel I look. Um, but there are features of a professional one that you can look out for. So this is a girl that I photographed in the studio where I used to work. She is like a, an actress starting out. So these, these photos were for her applying for roles for the first time. Um, so straight away, you should notice that it is crisp. The actual picture itself is really, really clear, high resolution. If we were to zoom in, it wouldn't just go pixelated quickly. It's a high resolution picture. Um, people always say to me, what is a high resolution picture? How do I know how many pixels that is? Ultimately, it's really easy to say. It's thousands of pixels rather than hundreds. And you might be like, well, yeah, but my iPhone does thousands of pixels as well. Does it or does it do 1,300? <laughs> because ultimately, the greater number of pixels in that square, the higher the resolution. Um, if you take a picture on your iPhone in not the best lighting, your phone will automatically reduce the pixel number because it can't actually take that light in. It's just how, how it happens. Um, so yeah, high resolution is not a specific number. It's just something that changes depending on lighting, basically. Um, when I take a picture for the first time on my camera, it might be like 6,000 something by 10,000 something pixels, which is huge. As soon as I've edited it slightly in software, you know, by cropping a little bit or changing the lighting or something, it reduces that 
quite quickly. So resolution, it's not like you could go to a photographer and be like, oi mate, your photos are only 4,500 pixels. That's not good enough. It depends on the particular setting of that photo and the lighting and what's been done to it. Ultimately, you're just looking for no blur, good quality image, no blur, straight up. Um, well lit. Now by well lit, actually, it kind of brings in the bits underneath. We're looking for a face where there's no dodgy shadows, where you can see both eyes in an equal amount of light. Um, there's no weird reflections or shiny parts like on their face. Normally, if there are going to be them, they'll be here, like just above the eyes, near your ears. There'll be like a bright white bit that doesn't look skin coloured. Um, you don't want that. You also don't want the skin tone to look unhealthily pale and sickly. Or if you are a person of colour, you don't want your skin tone to look completely not your skin tone. So whether you're Asian, whether you're African, whether you're Caribbean, look at the skin on your body and look at the photo on the screen. They should match. You should look like yourself. You shouldn't be made to look extra white or extra black based on the lighting. You should look how you look. And that's just ultimately a feature of a professional headshot. Um, there should be no filters on your face. So I think we live in a in a society of filters, like with Instagram stories and Snapchat and just everything is really easy to filter. And like, I like my skin better filtered because I feel like I'm really white and I like to look like I've been on holiday. But in a headshot, it just doesn't look right. You end up looking a funny color, um, just never works. You also want to be face on in a professional headshot. So it's unusual. I can just jump back here. You can see the bottom right headshot and the bottom left headshot. They're not face on, but ultimately you can still see both of Ed's eyes. You can see his facial profile and he's still engaging with the photographer in some way. He's not just totally so pro side profile like he's been arrested. There's very much an engagement. He's facing the camera. Um, so yeah, that's typically what a headshot is. Um, shoulders visible, no floating heads. And also this bit, the sparkle. Oh, it doesn't always happen. Sometimes you meet a beautiful person. You're like, I'm going to take your picture. You're going to pop their eyes. There's just something wrong with them sometimes. You can't help it. But professional headshots tend to capture the glint in someone's eyes. So you can see this girl is stunning. She's got incredible just kind of genetics. I'm very jealous of this girl and like her hair color, amazing. But you can see, can you see how her eyes look so open and they've got like little white, like kind of almost sparkly things going on in there. She just looks sparkly. Ultimately, if you are well lit and your headshot is done right, your eyes will look enchanting and you shouldn't, this is gonna be a saying you should all hold on to. Do not settle for less than enchanting, okay? I'll wait for you all to write that down. Just Jordan said that, okay? <laughs> Do not settle for less than enchanting. So yeah, features of a professional headshot, that's what we're kind of aiming for. Um, so this is me again. You can see this is a black and white version from the day. You should be able to see how tired I was now based on that and also how my teeth are not perfect, but hey, leaving that there. So benefits of paying for these. Um, I'm, not, I'm not just pitching myself here as a professional, I mean paying anybody professional to take your headshots. So first of all, you are guaranteed a good image quality. You could have a friend with a digi camera that takes a picture of you at home. But ultimately, if the lighting isn't right or if they're not that, you know, trained in terms of editing, the resolution could drop quite quickly and your picture may end up being a little bit subpar. So you're guaranteed quality, first of all. Um, you will have lots of options. So if you're not sure what kind of background suits you, or what kind of props or postures work for you, they will have worked with hundreds of people like you. And they'll be like, try this, try this. 
why don't we change this up? Maybe you need a wind machine because your hair's too thick. Maybe if you sat actually on the other bum cheek, your body would hold itself better. <laughs> you know, things like that are not things you're going to know about yourself, but a photographer will because they've looked at a lot of people that aren't happy in front of the camera. Um, so obviously capturing your character comes into that. You tend to have a really nice chat with a photographer initially and they'll be like, you know, tell me about yourself. Okay, I know what to do. Um, obviously editing service is professional. So photographers will not just like remove blemishes from your skin. They will not change your shapes. They will not change your skin color. They will do nothing that drastically changes your appearance unless you tell them to. And you shouldn't tell them to. You should be yourself in your picture. You're pitching yourself. If you change the shape of your neck or your waistline or something and then rock up at something, they're going to be like, this is not you. <laughs> I can see it's not you. Um, so they shouldn't do that. But a professional editing service is getting the crop perfect, making sure you look healthy and how you really look, making sure that everything about you is just sparkly and well lit. And they can do that in post-production as well as on the day with the camera. Um, quality lighting, you know, lights cost money. As much as you can probably figure stuff out with like a ring light from Amazon. Um, ultimately, those big boom lights with the diffusers and the reflectors and just like the big skylight windows you can't achieve that in your house it's just not something you can do it's hundreds and hundreds and thousands of pounds to get that perfect um and this last one people don't think about that actually by going to someone's studio to have headshots done they take other famous people's pictures too so you can make contacts the people you might want to work with by having your headshots taken you know you're going to be there for a couple of hours chatting to the guy that sat opposite like I don't know Leonardo DiCaprio wouldn't that be the dream um so you know look them up on social media the person that takes your headshots or before you even decide look up people that take headshots and who else have they taken pictures for you know are they people that are in your industry are they people that have done well in life do they look like they really look have you met this person so you know social media is so important and you can find a lot of kind of people to work with that way um yeah contacts you can make them that way and then you might want to take your own and i know that's why a lot of you are here today there's a lot of reasons to do it First of all, cost, they're expensive. I've not found a headshot package less than £99 a head um, anywhere. I've, I've Googled and actually there is one guy I found in like Glasgow, but it's, yeah, his pictures do not look great. Um, you wanna, it's, you wanna save money, you're all students, it's just weird. Obviously COVID-19 as well has made a lot of studios, ugh, studios, studios have to shut. So, and, and obviously even now when things are opening up, there's a lot of people with, with other things going on, can't go out, don't wanna go out, et cetera. So it's a reason to take your own for sure. Um, and I hundred percent get that. Um, if you're unsure of how you want to look, and a lot of you have said to me that you've not ever had a professional shoot done, you don't know what your goal is, you don't know what your identity really is yet then this is your time to like figure that out, <laughs> you know, to experiment with your face and your body in front of a camera. That sounded creepy how I just worded that. What I meant was to experiment with the aesthetic that you can pitch in front of a lens. Um, you can do for free at home. You don't need to pay someone £150 an hour to take pictures of you to do that. So, yeah. Um, who mentioned this earlier? Confidence. I feel like Meg was mentioning confidence. Was it you, Meg? Yeah, it was me. It was you. I knew you said some good stuff earlier, girl. So, yeah, your confidence is something that, I mean, you all seem like really nice people. So that goes hand in hand with lack of confidence. Normally kind people are not confident in themselves. Um, it's just a thing. So developing confidence, be that real or false, is something you can do by taking your own headshots. It doesn't, you don't have to be a more confident person. It just, 
I suppose teaches you ways to make yourself look that way. Um, you know, the whole fake it till you make it thing. That's fine. You don't have to become an arrogant person to take a good headshot. You just have to be able to pitch your posture and facial expression in a way. Makes you look like you know what you're doing. That's doable, but you just need time to play with that. Um, and also this idea of like developing your adaptability. You know, if you can actually achieve building yourself a little mini studio at home without spending more than 20 quid, um, you can probably do a lot in life not gonna lie I've only tried to build a little studio in my house a few times in the past and it was quite funny looking around for all the materials I was like what am I gonna use for that how shall I do this I'm obviously gonna give you my little tricks today um but yeah you'll be quite an adaptable person after having done this and then anyone else that wants to do it you'll be like right I know the tricks <laughs> let me teach you um so yeah reasons to take them yourself straight up um, you can see here on the right hand side of the screen now, this little guy, I took his headshots um, last time we were allowed to go out. So between the second and third lockdown, um, his mum just wanted a picture of his face because she thought he looked like a little Winston Churchill. Um, he's adorable, isn't he? <laughs> but the reason I picked this picture as a headshot to show you here is because this is 100% natural light. I didn't get a single one of my studio lights out for this shoot at this person's house. They had beautiful windows and they had so much light that day. It was a blue sunny day and you can see the sparkle in his eyes. His skin tone looks natural. There's no weird reflections on his face or the only shadow there actually is is where his mum's head is. And so that's a natural shadow casted on his face because his mum is there. If I remove that shadow, it would look a bit like I'd like Photoshop the mum next to him. So left it in. Um, so equipment for taking your own headshot. Um, the first list is what you definitely needs and the second list is like if you have it or if you want to spend 20 quid um so straight up a camera of some sort it does not have to be a dslr or a digi compact that you take on holiday it can be your smartphone ultimately the samsung's the new iphones that like the image quality is incredible when you upload pictures not to social media but to your computers you will see that the resolution is great they are in the thousands especially if you avoid filters cropping too much or changing the brightness um, changing the brightness on a photograph on your phone is one of the quickest ways to reduce resolution. So be careful. Um, you will need either a tripod if you own one or want to spend some money or a steady place to balance your camera slash a housemate to hold it steadily for you. I didn't write that bit, but there's a slash. Um, ultimately, you don't need a tripod for this because you're not going to be moving around. It's not going to be blurred. You're going to be standing there. <laughs> it's all good. Um, you will need a piece of string and some clothes pegs or some such. So I'm going to explain how this works. Ultimately, when you take a picture, I'll show you the ideal setup in a second, but you need something behind you. So me taking a headshot in front of this mess behind me. It's not ideal. You see, I've got Amazon boxes, Disney DVDs, my uni work, which I've just not sorted out yet. It's just all in this room. It's bad. Headshot in here is not a good idea. It does not pitch my organisational skills, but having a plain background makes you stand out as a person. So you can do this with a bed sheet. Um, plain walls are great as well, but a bed sheet is the best way to go and not a white one. So I don't know how many of you own bed sheets that are not white. Um, in our house, we have black ones, grey ones, bright pink ones. And I think my mum bought some purple ones last year. Like we have funny colour bed sheets. They can be like $3.99 on Amazon, you know, a single bed sheet if you buy yourself a black or a gray one you will not regret it and um, they're really easy to adjust in some way so they look perfectly black perfectly white no wrinkles no reflections nothing 
a white background, if you're taking your own headshots, is the hardest colour to perfect in a photograph. Because as soon as you start adapting the brightness and the whites on your screen, you start adapting your skin tone by accident because the phone can't distinguish between subject and background. So you will end up looking either really weirdly tanned or sick if you have a white background. Believe me, I've tried. I'm going to show you an example today. It was tough. Um, so yeah, so string, sheet, clothes pegs. That's how I make my background when I do my own headshots at home. Um, also a desk lamp. Now by desk lamp, I mean something like this. I'm going to just show you my, my one. This here is just like a classic Disney Pixar vibe. You see this? Do you guys all have lamps in your lives? Yeah, I'm seeing thumbs up, that's a good thing. If you don't, again, 4.99 Wilco, sort your lives out, you need more light in your life. Um, these are what I use as a makeshift backlight. And by backlight, I mean the light that lights the backdrop. So if I've got my string here with my sheet and my pegs, I would angle this light, probably on the floor, up at the backdrop, probably like 45 degree angle to create like a halo of light behind me. Now, the angle and the height of this will depend on whether you're standing or sitting. But ultimately, you want the most light to be behind your shoulder blades so that it kind of like dissipates out in a halo around your head and shoulders. So the backlight is to give you a little bit of like gradient behind you. You don't have to have it. It's very much a personal choice, but it does tend to make the picture look more professional because just having a plain color behind you and then you lit at the front is very kind of staccato if that's a word I can use for visuals, not sure. Um, and then the optional equipment. So a stool or a tall chair work really well. If you've got like a kitchen bar stool or some such, or you know those kind of like computer chairs where you can fold the back down. Um, if you've got a chair like that, then a seated pose works really well for headshots. So this is gonna look funny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll back, right? I'm gonna put myself up high. I tend to get people to sit on a chair. So you're my camera, you guys are my camera. Instead of sitting straight on like this, like square, I tend to go 45 degrees, hands in my lap, and then look up at the camera. So your body is 45 degrees, but your head is straight on. By sitting, your spine relaxes a little bit, so you, you, you won't like hunch your shoulders too much. You can give yourself shape. If you stand, it's still doable. Um, so if you don't have a stall, it's not a problem, um, but you just have to work harder on like, you know, pushing your shoulders down and back so that your head is actually a feature. Um, the second thing on the optional list there is a fill light. Now, this has lots of different words, which I'll show you in a second. This is a light that's not in front of you, and it's not the light for the background, but it's like a light that you kind of put near the side somewhere just to make sure you don't get any weird shadows down here. So if you have a big head like I do, my head is actually massive. I can't buy hats very easily. Um, <laughs> having a fill light is great for me because I don't get this massive like dark patch on my shoulder making me look bigger than I really am. Um, so you can either use a really good light from your house if you have a lamp that's LED, for example, and not like a funny yellow. Or you can buy, um, have you guys heard of those ring lights, you know, that people use for like video, uh, what do you call it, for vlogs and stuff like that? They're like 20 quid on Amazon. Um, an LED ring light works really well because it's kind of a soft light. It's not too harsh. It's something you can bend and twist and just kind of reduce the, the brightness of quite easily just to fill in some shadowy gaps. Not necessary, but might make your picture look a bit more pro. Um, also, Lightroom. So Lightroom is very similar to Photoshop. It's made by Adobe. Um, this is the software that I use for editing all my photographs. I've actually never bothered buying Photoshop because I don't adapt my photos too much. So all I'm doing is really kind of enhancing things or adjusting crops. I'm not actually swapping people's heads and eyes and things like that. Like, 
Um, Photoshop's great for creative projects, but Lightroom as a photography software is incredible. You can get a free trial. And if you're, if you're a student, and you actually want to do more with your photos. It's actually really cheap. I think it's like 10 pounds a month. Um, so it's like a Spotify subscription. Um, if you have questions about Lightroom at any point, I'm going to leave my phone number up so you can always WhatsApp me and be like, how do I do this? Can you send me a tutorial on this? Um, it's really easy to use once you kind of grasp where everything is. Um, it will make your own headshots look incredible. If you can get your photos from your phone or your camera onto Lightroom, you can adjust really intricate things without adjusting the whole image. So yeah, just a recommendation. How am I doing for time? It's 10 to one, isn't it? I knew this would be the case. I talk way too much, okay, cool. If you guys need to go at any point, please tell me and I'll drop you my number so you can ask me questions later. Um, okay, so this is what I call the ideal setup. So this is what a photographer will build if they come to you. I know a couple of you mentioned being at dance competitions, things like that, and photographers bringing their own kit. This is the kind of vibe they will provide if they're doing a white background, especially. So you can see the background like drapes from quite high up in like a curve onto the floor in front of the chair. The chair is like in the center. So they've got white all around them or whatever color. You see the front light is this big one at the front on the right. So that's the one that actually lights the face. This one above the chair is an alternative backlight. So in this setup, it's above them. And then this one on the left is a combination of a little fill light and a reflector. So this is what fills in like all the shadows down the side. Um, this is what we try and achieve in studios when I come to you, when we're outdoors, when we do our own. It's what we call the three point lighting setup. So you've got boom, big light, little bit behind you, just fill in those gaps. That's what we're trying to do. Ultimately, you can't really do that in your house very easily. So what we do is we replace stuff. So instead of that front light, that big one there, stand in front of a window. Genuinely, a sunny day if you can get one. Lots of light in front of you. Natural light is the most beautiful light you can photograph with. The reason we have studio lighting is because we live in a world where the weather isn't always perfect and the lighting is never going to be the same. So a great window on a great day is all you need. Golden hour photos are beautiful. They make your skin tone look more healthy. They give you like a warmer glow. So if you want to wait for like a 4 p.m. on a summer's day, smashing it. Um, so yeah, you can swap your front light for a window. You can use a desk lamp, like we said, for your backlight. So you don't need to buy a special photography light to do that behind you. Um, and either don't worry about the fill light at all, because actually a window in front of you, like you can see with me, I'm in front of a window now, my face is actually really, really bright. And there's no, I haven't got no shadows going on here. There's, I don't need anything beside me. Um, you don't need a fill light per se, but if you want to, you can get like a little LED light from Amazon and spend like 10 or 20 pounds on something. It might help. Um, but that's what we're trying to achieve with lighting. Um, you can see on the left hand side there, motivated light. These are all the different words you might see for a fill light. So that little side light to fill in the gaps. Um, I think my boss, well, my boss is from New Zealand. She used to call it a kicker light. And that used to baffle me because I thought someone would kick the light over every time she said it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, terminology. And you'll see as well, the key lights or the, the main light, the front light is the one that's in control of exposure. So this is literally how much light the camera sees. It's like, how exposed is your face? How much can I see of it? So that's why standing in front of a window is better than standing facing away from the window because you'll ultimately look really weirdly lit otherwise. Um, so yeah, so lighting. Now these are some do's and don'ts I put together. This is one of my 
colleagues that I used to work with, this is a headshot I took of her just for our website because she was new and she did so much work and I thought she should be online. Um, this is do's and don'ts for actually having your headshot taken. So either doing your own or going somewhere. Um, it's good to wear plain colours. So not to wear patterns, you know, dots and stripes and stuff like that are tricky to get to look right in photographs. Um, your skin will always look better if it is like freshly moisturized and I talk to men and women when I say this because as soon as you are slightly dry you know you get like dry skin like near your eyes or at the top of your forehead it instantly adapts how the light reflects on your skin so it will make your face look slightly different to how it really looks if you're not like freshly moisturized so keep your skin peachy for your headshots it's important um powder your face men and women alike it doesn't matter what kind of makeup you're doing whether you wear foundation or any kind of makeup at all powder is still really really great so even if it's just setting powder no color even if it's just a you know a, like a transparent powder to make your face matte it makes the picture so much better because as soon as you have like a little shiny bit on your face the light is literally just going to bounce straight back at the camera and make that part of your face look bright white and if you're a person of color that's not going to look right on your face. You're going to be like one colour and then have random white dots on you, which will look wrong. And then as a, as a really pale white person, it's not the in the sun in a year and a half. I just look sick. I look like I've not eaten properly in a week because I look pasty in the wrong colour. So moisturise, powder after. Simple. Um, brush your teeth beforehand. This sounds like I'm talking to children. I didn't mean it to come out like that. Um, if your teeth are like perfectly shiny and, and super clean, it will show in the pictures um, you'd be surprised how people will think that their headshots look great when they're looking on the back of the camera and then they see them blown up on their computer and they're like oh my god what have I done <laughs> so teeth are important um, also hairspray for flyaway hairs men and women alike whatever you do with your hair whether you do an updo a half do uh, you know just comb it in one way leave it down whatever little baby hairs they really show in a photo you can see this is um my uh, colleague Gemma and she her hair is beautiful but you can still see there's like random single hairs that do reflect the light now they can be edited out but if you're doing your own headshots that's really hard to do it took me ages to learn how to get rid of flyaway hairs so as someone doing it yourself at home it's not something you're going to want to spend time doing <laughs> so just make sure you spray like flyaway hairs as much as you can um so we said about no patterns black and white clothing is difficult to do well as well i think most people think you know i'll wear a plain color i'll just wear a black top but what happens is the light just gets totally absorbed and where your arm might be beside your body and you're wearing a black t-shirt it will just look like a black blob you won't have any shape at all um so black is tricky to achieve for that reason and white same as with a background that's white if you try and make it look crisp white and adapt it in any way in terms of editing you end up accidentally changing your skin tone as well so if you can avoid white go for like a neutral color or a bright color or a pastel you know grays and like neutral colors browns um like pale pinks things like that they work really well um this khaki green is one of the most photogenic colors so as a guy i would always encourage them to wear like a khaki green vest or shirt of some such greys work incredibly well as well so as long as it's not perfectly black or perfectly white you're pretty much all right um don't use fake tan <laughs> i think as dancers if you guys have been in the dance scene as children you will have been fake tan to the nines on stage at every single showcase 
um, but fake tan in professional photography just makes you look oompa loompa. Like generally, the your skin doesn't actually absorb light how it usually would, and you just will look orange. Like it just is unavoidable, and it makes it really hard to edit. You can't adjust the temperature of skin if it's not natural skin. It really is difficult. Um, highlighter in your makeup routine. This is more aimed at women. I'm really sorry. Um, I think people think I'll oh, wear highlighter because it will really make my eyes pop or something. It will, you know, because you do for contouring, don't you? You put highlighter here or above your eye. As soon as you put a highlighter in your makeup routine in a photograph, the light just bounces straight back at the camera. So again, you'll just get a bright white patch on your face, um, and then the rest of your skin will look normal. So it's a bit odd. Um, yeah, so visible hair accessories are a no as well. If you can, if you can avoid seeing like bobby pins or like random things in your hair. Obviously, you can put your hair up in some way, but try and cover the accessories because often they will take attention away from your face in some way. Um, unless that's part of the role you're going for. Do you know what I mean, if you're applying for like Suicide Squad vibe, then hair is important. Um, but, you know, if you're just going for like a natural this is me look, avoid hair accessories and do not wear false eyelashes in your headshots. And I tell you for why. You might think you're a pro at wearing them and be like, I can totally keep my eyes open all night with these on but your face does respond to weight and as soon as you've got a weight on your eyelids you'll you will look more tired in the photographs straight away um yeah I've genuinely had photo shoots before with professional dancers and I've been like your lashes are beautiful are they ones you can remove because they don't look natural they don't look like themselves in photographs as soon as that light hits them they instantly squint a tiny bit and then the eyelashes make it a heavier squint and you just look wrong so yeah um, false eyelashes I would tend to avoid if possible but yeah they're my do's and don'ts of sort of either taking your own or going for headshots I'm obviously running over time at this point so if any of you do need to go I'll pause now um, let me know if you do need to go <laughs> and then yeah feel free to take my number um, but if not I'll carry on <laughs> is that okay I'll just keep rolling okay we're getting there I promise um, so oh, have I broken it? I've broken it. It's going to jump two slides now. You watch. Okay, we're cool. So um, I thought I'd talk to you about camera settings because this is probably the most difficult part. Um, if you're not used to taking photographs at all, then this stuff probably means nothing to you. So I was going to just briefly explain recommendations for camera settings. Um, I'll start with smartphone settings, actually, because I imagine that will be the majority of you. So if you're taking your own headshots, um, the first thing I haven't even written this on there, don't take your photos in selfie mode, take them in full camera mode. Often the selfie camera on the front is actually a lesser quality camera than the camera on the regular side of the phone. So you want to basically work out by looking through, like looking on your phone where you should be in the room first so that you fit on the screen, set it up do your timer and then go back. You're obviously not going to see yourself like you would in a selfie, but you'll have to go back and have a look. But genuinely, the, the quality of the image will come out better with that camera than that one. Feel free to tell me otherwise. If there's like a Samsung Galaxy that's giving you like the best selfie camera ever, then great. But um, yeah, tends to be better that side. Um, obviously, taking the picture on just normal photo mode is ideal because it doesn't make any adaptations. So it's not reducing the quality straight away. Um, however, iPhone, so I've got an, XR I believe iPhone XR I actually forgot what I've got I've got an XR I think um, it has portrait mode and I think a lot of cameras now have portrait mode um, 
portrait mode is also really easily used as macro mode. So when you take a picture of something, I'm just gonna use like a little random example. I've got a little chocolate egg here, right? If I wanna take a picture of that chocolate egg and I want that to be in focus and everything behind it to be blurred, I would use portrait mode because it does the same as macro. It basically opens the lens to focus on this and it just doesn't care about everything else. So portrait mode is great because you can make yourself look really profesh. You know, you can blur out something behind you and it will look incredible. Um, but when you go onto portrait mode, don't just use the mode it suggests, but you can actually adapt something called the f-stop. Now, the f-stop is the aperture. It's the same thing. And on your phone, I don't know if I can actually show you on mine or not. Um, so when I go onto portrait mode, the f is like in the top right-hand corner. You tap that. And then you've got like a sliding wheel and you can change it to different numbers. Now, the ideal setting for a portrait is about 5.6 or 6.3. And I tend to put it on 5.6 when I'm taking um, portraits at home. It just tends to come out a lot better. It's a happy medium between crisp at the front and blurred at the back without being really, really like two different planes. So 5.6, 6.3, both are a great number for this. I've written 6.3 on the screen because the setup I'm talking about today involves a particular distance between you and the phone. And ultimately, if there's more distance between you and the phone, you will need a greater f-stop to be able to get you in focus. So 6.3 is a good goal. Um, obviously, putting your timer on is great if you've got no one to take the picture for you. So give yourself 10 seconds. Don't just be like, OK, one, two, three, go because you need time to get in that position and make sure you've got a fresh smile and your hair is where you want it and you're not doing some weird thing with your right eye. You know, 10 seconds is great. If you wanna do 30 seconds, do 30 seconds, but give yourself time. And your phones will also have the burst option, which I don't know if I can find now. Let me see if I can. Um, basically, if your phone does like live shots, once you turn that on, you've then got an option to do bursts and burst is where it will take like a number of pictures quite simultaneously. So instead of just taking one shot of you, it will take like three or five or seven in a row. Um, and that enables you to pick the perfect shot where your eyes are fully open. You feel like the smile is the one you're going for. You know, everything's right. So it might take up more memory initially, but a burst is great for doing it with your phone. Um, if you've got questions about taking phone pictures, feel free at the Q&A at the end to just hit me up with them. because I'm sure there'll be things you're unsure about with this setup. Um, I'll talk about DSLR settings as well. So if you are lucky enough to have some kind of digital camera, whether it be a compact um, or an actual DSLR, um, these are the ideal settings for taking headshots. So your shutter speed being between 100 and 160 will be ideal. Your ISO anywhere from 100 to 200, because obviously you're, you're aiming for lots of light. So the lower the number for ISO, is the more light available. So if you're in a dark space, you need to increase your ISO to allow the sensitivity to happen. And then your aperture or f-stop, again, should be 5.6 or 6.3 um, for individual photos. I say the higher number if you're further than two meters away from the lens. Now, ideally in your house, when you take your own headshots, you want to be at least two meters away from your phone for the pictures. This comes as a shock to people when I say this because they used to taking selfies and being like, but the closer I am, the more like engaging I seem, like I want to be up there in the picture. But actually, the closer you are to the camera, the wider the angle of the photo. So when you hear wide angle, that's what that means. 
um, and the wider the angle, the more skewed the proportions of your face will seem. So when you take a selfie, when I take a selfie, I like taking it from above. I want my nose and my eyes to look a lot more elegant and like big, and I want my big head to seem smaller. That's generally my ideal. But when you take a headshot, you don't want to skew your proportions. You want to be you. Um, and you don't want anything to look unflattering that doesn't in real life. And I'm going to show you an example of a headshot of me in a bit that I absolutely hate. And I'll tell you for why. A <laughs> um, couple of little tips down here. This works for any smartphones that enable you to change ISO and shutter speed. I've heard that there are some that do. My iPhone doesn't. Um, but a friend of mine has got a brand new iPhone and a friend of mine has a Samsung Galaxy and they both have settings that enable them to change ISO and shutter speed. If you take a picture of yourself and you look too bright, as in your skin looks too pale, you feel like there's a lot of light on your face and you just look wrong, then you need to put your ISO number down and your shutter speed down a little bit. You can't do one or the other. You've got to do both at the same time. Otherwise it will throw all your colors out of whack. If you feel you look too dark, and I talk to women of color in this sentence, if you feel your skin tone is not your skin tone or there's too much shadow going on and you, you're not defined in any way, you need to put the ISO number up and your shutter speed up a little bit. So a bigger number for both. Uh, the bigger the number for shutter speed out of one, the quicker the photo, the quicker the shutter. Um, so yeah, they just go hand in hand. So that's settings. I just thought I'd lay that down. That's kind of like ideal, what I've picked up over the years after having played with it a lot. Um, again, any questions at the end, please ask me. You can see the picture on this screen is one of my colleagues. This is Vanessa. Vanessa is half Jamaican, so she's mixed race. Her skin tone looks like this in real life. And I asked her if I could use this picture and she said yes, which was great. Um, you can see there's a lot of character in this picture. She's wearing a bright, bold colour. She decided to go for bright yellow because she said it makes her skin feel warmer when she she has pictures taken. Ultimately, if you're um, similar complexion to me, so if you're kind of just classic English haven'ts in the sun, ultimately anything kind of pastely or warm will make you look warmer. So if you wear like a coral, a red, a pink, you know, a nice green, not a fluorescent green, a nice green, um, you will look healthier. If you're a woman of colour, then usually dark colours will make you look healthier. So if you go for like deep purples, deep blues, khaki greens, um, kind of like maroon, colours like that will pop on you just because of your complexion. Just looking at the colour wheel, just opposite to you, will just make you look cooler, <laughs> will make you look like more alive. So look at a colour wheel, get your artsy side on and be like, what colour suit me? Um, and play with it. You can do it at home, you can play with it. Um, jumping over here, so the goal crop, this is my colleague Laura, she's an absolute gorgeous human being and a sweetheart and she lets me borrow her face a lot to play with. Um, so on the left hand side you can see this is what we aim for on the screen, so when you take a picture on the camera on your phone, this is what you want to see on the screen. You want to see basically belly button upwards of the person, of you, you want at least a finger's width on the screen above their head of just space like you know you want to see that background about a finger's width on the screen that applies to cameras and phones you want space either side of you visible so do you see behind Laura that kind of halo of light I was talking about where the lamp is behind her kind of really bright behind her shoulders and then kind of dissipates out that's the halo we're aiming for not above her head we don't want her to look like an angel we just want it to kind of dissipate from her shoulders outwards um 
and she's not a floating head. I haven't just like zoomed in on her head at all. It's very much a half length of her body. That's like the ultimate goal for the original picture. And then, so this is what we call a loose crop. Once you've taken the picture, you can tighten the crop and get it to where you want it. You might want your body in your headshot. You might want that for an application, or you might just think, do you know what? My face is the most important thing here. They are judging me on my eyes. So on the right hand side, you can see a tight crop that we've achieved from the same picture. Um, and both are headshots, both are, she looks beautiful in both of them. She looks engaging in both of them. She looks approachable. She looks like she means business. She's well lit. That's the gold crop ultimately for a headshot for you, no matter what your facial expression or position is. Um, I'm just gonna leave that there for a second. I realize I jumped through that one very quickly. Um, again, write down any questions you've got and I'll happily answer <laughs> to do with crop. Um, okay, so this picture here, oh, I hate it. You might all be really lovely to me and be like, no, you look fine. Ultimately, this is a picture that I hate of myself. One of my colleagues took this in a training activity because I was just sitting there while she could take pictures and she was like, okay, give me some feedback. And here it is. Um, ultimately, just so you know, I'm giving you all personal details about myself now. I am a dark blonde female with a slight tan. I'm a size 10 and I'm actually an A cup. Okay. Now in this picture, I think I look older than I really am. I look too pale. My hair looks kind of orangey, like it's been dyed. This is my natural color. I've never dyed my hair in my whole life. It looks dyed in this. My roots actually look dark, if you can see that. I also look like I've got bigger boobs than I really have. I look chubbier than I really am I'm not you know it doesn't matter what size you are in a picture but ultimately I don't look like myself in this and I also look kind of just my nose looks wrong and there's a lot of reasons for that you can see this list so first of all there's too much light in this picture you can actually see that the tip of my nose is shiny the, the kind of pointy bits of my cheeks are shiny and the top of my forehead is like almost white just like white white um this was my fault my hair looked shocking that day it was like kind of curly but then I didn't brush it so it just went <laughs> so concentrate on your hair give yourself a little hairdo like actually be like it does my hair look like this is this how I want to look <laughs> because my hair doesn't look like that on a daily basis I was just so tired um she's I put highlighter on that day so this is how I figured out that this was a bad idea there's highlighter on the tops of my cheeks instead of it making my cheek cheeks pop it's actually just made my eyes look sunken can you see that? I don't know if you can see, it's like there's two levels of my face, it's like cheek and eyes. And actually my face isn't like that. I'm actually quite like, I've got quite youthful skin. I'm, I get, you know, ID'd everywhere. So I look a lot different in this picture than I really do. It's a wide angle picture. She was about a meter away from me and I told her to step back. She was literally a meter away. She didn't zoom at all. She was just like, you know, the flat, lens how it is a meter away so instantly my nose looks wider than it is my face looks wider than it really is my boobs look bigger than they really are she's not far enough away um I'm wearing a black top I was testing her on this one I was like you know what could I improve about my headshots I wear a black top you can see I just look all boobs and you can't see any space around me there's like no space either side of my shoulders I'm filling that picture so I just look not like how I really look um and actually when she cropped it in she cropped it quite tight as well so there's not much space above my head and there's no space under my boobs you can't see where my ribs are at all so I've got no waist going in um and it's my fault I've got a stale smile because I just smiled for about 45 minutes so I was like 
I'm done now. So yeah, a lot of things to do with me and the photography. Um, in terms of angles, there's one thing I haven't written down. She was actually just below my eye line. She was a very short girl. So I'm sitting down. When she took the picture, you can almost see my nostrils. And the ideal headshot should be slightly above your nose so that it's looking down your nose and you have like a nose shape. If, if the photographer is below your nose, you'll instantly look like you can see your nostrils and like they're looking up at you, which might be desirable if you're going for, you know, a, a particular role in theatre where you're supposed to be frightening and someone's looking up at you that's fine but you know if you're just pitching yourself you want to look true to you and also in a flattering manner you don't want to look over squashed in any way so yeah so confidence killers that's what I call them because this when I saw this picture of me I was like oh my god do I look like that like I frightened me I don't feel like I look like that at all but hey you've all seen my least favorite picture of myself now so anything goes um so these are my tips for taking your own headshots. They go on what we've already said, really. Um, it's just kind of extra stuff. I'm sorry, it's just all black and white here, but um, natural light in front of your face, straight up. Do not get a desk lamp and shine it at your face and take a headshot because you'll straight away just have a really harsh light in one place on your face and you will look wrong. Your skin tone will look wrong. You'll have weird shadows. Just natural light that just fills the room is so much more flattering. Um, if you don't have space in your house to do a two metre gap between you and a camera, and if you have shit windows because you live in a flat or there's a wall in front of your window or something crazy, go outside. There are so many beautiful places outside that will work as a backdrop, you know, like a lovely wall or just kind of like foliage that you can blur out. You can increase your f-stop number. Um, sorry, say that again. You can decrease your f-stop number. You can make the f-stop four point something instead of five point something and it will blur out the trees behind you and things like that so if you can't do it indoors go outside on a lovely day and that light will just like radiate around you and you look great um avoid white backdrops like I said because it's just so hard to adapt unless you come to someone like me with the raw picture and go help me it's going to take you hours and your skin will look kind of unhealthy um Get the crop right on your phone, get the crop right on your camera before you do any editing. So leave space around you. Don't zoom in so far that you've just got like literally your boobs and your forehead in the picture or, you know, the top of your chest and your forehead. Give yourself space. Um, two metre distance, like I said, don't get too close. Don't get all selfie vibes on it. You spread yourselves out. Um, slightly above your nose with that camera height. So when you're doing your own setup at home, make sure that if you're on a stool or whatever, something can hold your phone two meters away from you and above you slightly you don't want it to be lower than you want a desk like looking up your nose um body angle 45 degrees we talked about this right when I was sitting in my chair because I was like you know 45 degrees turn your head not your shoulders just your head um ultimately a little bit of an angle will make your body look more realistic it's unusual that when someone meets you for the first time you sit dead on like square it just doesn't happen you're more natural and you look more approachable from an angle it's just a human nature thing I don't know why um we talked about hands lights oh this light thing so if you do want to have um like a fill light or an additional light of some kind taking your own pictures make sure it's kind of in line with the camera so if you you know if you're facing a beautiful window as your main light at the front and your camera is kind of on the windowsill there a fill light should be on that windowsill as well, just from an angle. 
or like just in front of the windowsill as well you shouldn't have like a big light in front of you and then like a light literally 90 degrees from you because you'll then just get a massive shadow the other side of you so it kind of wants to be like in front of you from a different angle um and then yeah count yourself in and then look at the camera don't look at the camera and be like i'm ready i'm ready i'm waiting for nine ten smile freshen yourself because you will look stale otherwise and forced and um it's a good idea to just kind of not smile before to be like seven eight nine ten fresh bring it in fresh every time because your smile will just look real and legit <laughs> rather than like someone told you to put it there so yeah tips for taking your own headshots boom that's that stuff um this here is my boyfriend he is an interesting looking man he's french and like six foot something um has crazy hairdos quite a lot and he needed a photo for his student id so i took his headshot for him outside and i did this on purpose for this presentation because i thought i could use it so this is an outdoor no false lights picture at all we haven't got a backlight a filler light a front light nothing just the sun um you can see the picture on the left is what i took so this is the picture i took with my phone and the picture on the right is how i made it into a headshot i did this all on my phone so i didn't get any special apps i did this with just the iphone editing you know when you take a picture and you click edit and you've got all those different options that's how i did that um so on the left is everything i would encourage you to do in your editing and on the right is everything i'd encourage you to never touch because it will destroy your picture quite quickly um so it's good to crop and change your angles if you feel like the eyes are just really wonky and they move their head weird straighten it um zoom in you know crop in so that the person is where they should be in the picture he looks funny just seeing his little elbows there in that first one i thought it looked a bit like I mean, because he's so tall, I had to stand on a chair. You see, I took the picture from above him. So I cropped it in so I could just see probably where he's um, literally like the middle of his chest and then a bit of space above his head. And I've left one shoulder fully in and chopped the other one slightly. So I've given him shape. Um, increase your exposure a little bit. So that first picture, yeah, you can see him. But do you see how it's not really that bright yet? It's a bit dull. So I increased exposure a little bit until he looked well lit he still looks healthy he doesn't look overly white he's got a bit of color in him but i brought it up a little bit um i increased the white point this is something that all of your phones should be able to do the white point so i went up the scale on that so that made his skin look a little bit healthier he had some like little red patches on him that he was like oh i don't know what to do about that just increase the white point it makes your skin look more alive i put the black point down slightly so that kind of enhanced his eyes enhanced his eyebrows made his smile seem a little bit more expressive like gave him a little bit more tone in his hair because obviously the light on his hair makes it a little bit paler than it really is so white point and black point great to change i increased the vibrancy slightly so his shirt popped a bit more so as much as it was sunny that day i think the sun just reflected straight off his shirt so the pinks didn't look as pink the greens didn't look as green so vibrancy is a great one to change um i increased the temperature a little bit just a tiny bit i think it's like 0.4 five increase the temperature so made him a bit warmer because it was a bit of a weird day that day sunny but gray you know classic british weather sunny but gray um and then i did a thing called a brush i did this in a um in lightroom so i have lightroom on my phone and on my laptop so if you want to get a free trial you could try this you just do all those edits on your phone as usual then you import that picture once you've edited it for you know all these things we just talked about and then you can use a brush which basically works out where the person is and you just go increase exposure to 100% and you brush the whole white background behind and it makes it whiter. 
So where that wall behind him was white, that filthy, dirty and weathered and looks grey, my Lightroom app enabled me to make the background crisp and perfect without changing his skin tone. So you can do that all on your phone for free um, and then unsubscribe to Lightroom if you wish to never use it again. Um, and so the things I sort of encourage people not to do are those things on the right. So don't adjust the contrast because you will make the colours just look wrong. If you adjust saturation, you reduce the resolution really quickly. Saturation makes people go all kinds of oranges and pinks without necessary, <laughs> necessary reasons. Don't do filters because they just make you Instagram worthy, but reduce resolution. Don't chop off your neck. You need a neck and you need a little bit of shoulder to look like a human. Um, do not increase brightness. If you feel your picture is not bright enough, adjust exposure, not brightness. Again, brightness reduces your resolution and will make it blurry. Um, and as much as I said, you know, increase exposure. If you have to increase your exposure by more than two, and you'll see the numbers on the scale, then your picture just wasn't exposed enough to start with. It will become blurry really quickly. So take another picture, change your settings, face the sun, move your body, get a light. If you increase it by more than two, it weren't bright enough to start with. Um, so yeah, so that's just an example of a headshot I did with my iPhone. Um, poor sod. I think he wanted a professional headshot with my camera, but I couldn't be bothered to charge it. So yeah. Example. Um, okay, so headshot challenge for you all. How are we doing for time? 25 past. I knew I'd run over Sasha. I knew it. Awful. Um, I challenge thee all to have a go. So no rush, no particular date. But if you want to have a go, take some headshots. You can put it on your Instagram story at any point and tag the Tika project. This is my project. Tag me. Um, and I can give you feedback. I can be like, this bit's fantastic. Try it like this. Move this. Why don't you do this? Um, I will happily give you a little bit of uh, a feedback on whatever you do. Equally, if you don't want to put it on your Insta story because you're like, I've never done this before. I don't like anyone that follows me on Instagram and I just don't think they're good enough. Then you WhatsApp me. You just be like, hey, Jordan, I met you today. What do you think? And just send me stuff. And I promise not to share it anywhere or do anything stupid with it. I'll just reply to you <laughs> and I will do my best to give you some tips because as much as what I've said today might all make sense now, when you actually take in the picture, that's a lot to think about. So it might just be a little tweak somewhere that might make the difference and make you sparkle. You might not know what that is because everybody's different. So, yeah, um, this is a lovely girl I photographed last year and her eyes sparkled just on the first picture. I was very jealous. She just like, smashed it. So, yeah, headshot challenge. Make sure you write down my Instagram handle. It's the Tika project with the lower dashes, not the middle dashes. Someone took that one already. Um, and then, yeah, that's my number, but it's in the chat as well. Um, so the question is to studio or not to studio and by that I mean for headshots and movement um, I'm going to focus more on movement for this bit uh, because ultimately headshot photographers don't always do this headshot photographers might just do actors headshots professional headshots they might not even know anything about dance at all so studios are great for dance shoots you can see these two here are professional dancers I photographed a couple of years ago um, the guy on the left is in the royal ballet and the girl on the right um, she's with a dance company that goes all over Europe and she does like Cirque du Soleil stuff. So very different vibes. You've got ballet and like acrobatics and modern. So yeah, very different vibes. Um, the studio 
is somewhere you can go for what I would call an audition or a creative shoot. So if you want to get like a series of images for different dance styles, you want to do some jumps, some leaps, some balances, some positions for the end of your dance number that you're pitching, whatever, they will be crisp, they will be professional and you concentrate on your dancing not the photography and they will have you know if they're a dance photography studio they will have worked with people just like you um, and will know how to get the best out of you you don't have to concentrate on lighting and space and all that stuff um, you know going for a creative shoot is an incredible experience so if you've not had one um, yeah hopefully I can try and sell it to you in some way today um, <laughs> So choosing the right photographer or studio for you, depending on what you want. You'll see this picture in the middle. I did not take it. Apparently it's famous for being like some work of art, this picture. Um, I actually think this is a perfect example of when a photo goes wrong at a ballet shoot, because it's like she's bent in all the wrong places. You can see the bottom of her leotard. She looks pained. Um, and actually the bar in the background for the ballet isn't straight. So I've just noticed that straight away. So th this picture in the middle is what you're trying to avoid. You want a dance photographer that knows dance, that understands when to take the picture. So you're at the very tip of your extension, when you're at the very height of your jump, when you have reached your potential in that movement, that's when they snap you, not when you're kind of almost open in the position. Um, the best way I found to pick a photographer slash studio is to stalk people you like. So if there's a dancer out there or a company that you just think, oh, my God, they're amazing. See who took their pictures and then start following them on Instagram or wherever you are or Twitter um, and work out like who takes pictures that you admire, because you might quite quickly identify with a style and be like, that's how I want to look in my pictures. And if you can do that, then you'll you'll find the right person for you. Um, and I've put down some classic hashtags here that we use to post our work so if you're trying to kind of find others that do the same thing look for pro dancer studio sesh audition shoot creative shoot strong pose they're just the classic hashtags that dance photographers use at the moment um ring them up i think we're in a generation that is scared of the phone my sister can't ring the doctor's surgery she's like i don't know them i don't want to talk to them i don't want to do it um call them up don't book in willy-nilly just be like hi i'm thinking about booking a shoot with you can I see some of your photos? Can I see a sample of what I might get on the day? What's your style? Um, and negotiate because most of these shoots are a lot of money and they will only include like one print or five digital images or something like that. And for the amount you're paying, you want a lot of photos. You want to come home with like a little folder and be like, this is what I'm going to pitch. So don't just take the first price. Photographers are creatives, they are negotiators. What they put on their website is to reel you in. If you talk to them on the phone and they say it comes with one digital image, be like, okay, so what if I were to like knock 10 minutes off my shoot? How many extra digital images could I get? Or could you do me a deal for these images? If I wanted to buy 20, how much would you charge? Or, you know, if I tag your company in something, can I be um, an ambassador for you? Because if you, if you volunteer to be a dance ambassador for a dance photographer, you're gonna bring them more work. So yeah, negotiate, use your phone and actually ask for stuff. Don't just take what they offer. Um, make sure they are experienced with dance. Don't just take a headshot photographer and be like, oh, can you take pictures of me doing my ballet? Because they might not have a clue about shutter speed. Um, they might not have a clue how to adapt it for different styles of dance and kind of adjust it for lighting. So yeah, just Instagram, ask for more, go for a dancer. <laughs> That's my advice for picking studios. Um, this is kind of, sorry, I've completely just put something in front of the thing, I can't even see. This is, okay, how to be prepared for if you go to a studio for a movement shoot. So you've booked one in, you know how many pictures you're getting, 
you've met the person you're like or you've spoke to them on the phone they seem great um but you want to make the most out of the day so i know a lot of you have never had a professional photo shoot at all um they're scary like the first time you might be like oh my god what if i can't do like what if i can't do this move anymore or like how do i know like i'm going to be able to do this on the day just basically concentrate on your craft so don't worry about the photography think about what you're pitching here so the positions that you might do on the day just practice them all you know if you're a ballet dancer make sure you can still stand on point and you can hold yourself for more than three seconds and you know if you wear jazz shoes make sure that you can actually pull off some of the movement positions and stay in that balance for a couple of seconds um if you're going to do jumps or leaps make sure that you can do them don't just be like oh on the day i'll just do this one practice it so that you know you don't kill your toes on the day or like break your achilles tendon like your craft is is what you're pitching so do your best with it you know actually practice um, moisturize can't say it enough moisturize all skin that will be visible in your shoot so if you're getting your arms and legs and this part of your chest out moisturize because you want the light to make you look alive and glowing not kind of sad and tired um bring a large variety of outfits men and women so bring colors feel free to bring black and white um in case their backgrounds do complement that um, but avoid black tights if you can. Um, avoid fluorescence and patterns. They just don't bode well with your skin. Um, and avoid perfect white outfits. So, you know, if you're wearing like a, a leotard that's white, but you've got a lot of skin on show, be fine. But if you're wearing like head to toe, arms covered, you know, like a catsuit in white, you're unlikely to have much of like a, an alive vibe about you in the pictures. And so again, like neutrals and brights work really well. Same as for when we were talking about headshots, like fake tan doesn't work well, false eyelashes certainly don't. Um, and actually, highlighter, again, even though it's from a distance and you're doing movement shots, you'll still have random white patches and your pictures will just look less pro. Um, arrive early and warm up. I see so many people come to the studio for like a professional shoot and then like they can't jump as high as they usually can or they try and do a split and actually they can't because they haven't practiced so warm up actually be like no this is important i need to be the best i can be today for my photographs so you can wait for me do you know what i mean like put your dance first not the photographer um and then i've just said about sort of things to bring like you're going to get hot you're going to get exhausted it's going to be a lot of dancing so bring water bring makeup to touch up your face if you've done it beforehand bring hairspray for your flyaway hairs um question them about model release forms so if they don't straight away offer and say would you mind signing one ask them would you like me to sign a model release form so you can post me on your social media you know if you want to do that because straight away it's exposure for you it's business for them it's great to be a collaborator with a dance photographer because you're building a circle um so yeah ask about model release forms um eat a slow energy release meal but not straight away before you know don't get there and be like bam pasta let's go let's jump like give yourself time <laughs> like you would for a performance don't eat straight before uh right before but do eat something that's going to give you energy because you might be there a few hours and you're going to be dancing constantly doing the same position like until you get it right so yeah don't exhaust yourself or bloat yourself basically and then yeah just mentally prepare for having to give all and more of your energy um, I've written down some of the constant comments that I would give to people while on the set. So I would say things. This is not a personal thing. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, you're not doing well. <laughs> you know, you're not doing well enough. But I would always say, you know, stretch taller, bend more, extend further, push deeper, um, jump higher. It would always be to get that little extra out of them. 
them so that the picture really shows how superhuman they are how unique and superhuman they are. So honestly, a photo shoot will be more energy requiring than an actual performance, guaranteed. Um, it's just something you might have considered or not considered. So just so you know, um, you're not gonna be like perfectly made up all day. You're gonna have to touch up, stretch, <laughs> re, you know, bring back your zen and then get back in there for like style number two. Um, so yeah, tips for preparing. And then, I can't even see my screen for a second, guys. It's gone a bit funny. Hang on. Is this a picture of two people doing like flamenco? Yeah. Okay. So um, this is all about like why you might not need a studio shoot. They are expensive. We talked about this. Um, if you are a dancer that's involved in styles of dance where you are on stage, you are, you know, like we were talking about salsa, you're always on a scene. There's always photos of you being taken. You've been in loads of performances, showcases, whatever. It might be that you just have shots that perfectly pitch what you do. So you might not need to be in a studio with a white background. It might be that the context really bloody matters. If you're pitching your nationality or your heritage dance or something on a set, you know, in from a play or something really, really kind of contextually with an identity, you won't need a studio for that. You just need someone to capture you in the act. So yeah, plain walls don't do it for everybody. Um, and actually, if your photographer can get you in a dance environment, and instead of booking a studio shoot, it might be cheaper for them to meet you in your dance studio, for example, or something like that. Do it. Don't feel like you have to go somewhere and pay them for their studio room and their time and their lights. It might be better that you dance somewhere where it really matters. Um, that's different for everybody. I'm, examples I won't give because I don't do it. But, you know, it context matters sometimes. So just don't pay for a studio if it's not going to help you. If it's not going to pitch you. This picture was taken at the Tropicana Dance Cabaret in Havana because I photographed their show once and picturing them in their costumes in a white background studio would have been absolutely pointless. You know, the whole point of their performance was all this like crazy light, fruit, like plants, rum. There was rum everywhere. It was very acrobatic. So, the you know, the, the kind of ambiance of the thing mattered. Um, so that's just something to consider. Um, what have I said here, kids? Let's have a look. Oh, yeah. So this picture was taken at another performance um, at a cabaret in Cuba. Um, so your aesthetic identity is something that you're going to have to build yourself. It's not something the photographer can decide. Um, ultimately, if you do certain dance styles, that will straight away give you a, a sense of direction. Um, but if you're going to be a producer, creative director, choreographer, you have to think, what is it that I'm actually dancing? What am I showing? What am I trying to be? And that's what your, your photograph should capture. Your photograph shouldn't actually choreograph you. You should choreograph them. Um, so yeah, think about your identity. I can't decide it for you, but I can definitely hella try and help you achieve it. So, you know, any conversations you wanna have just to see what you can do, please ask me. Um, and then, yeah, just like for photographically pitching yourself, um, this is gonna be a, a side note. I'm almost at the end, I promise. Um, Basically, you need to define a lot of stuff about yourself before you can work out what your portfolio is going to look like. Your portfolio might be like my life and be a right mishmash of stuff. And that's fine. If that represents who you are as a craft, as a dancer, as a creative, then great. But you might need to define what styles you do, what kind of fusions you you know, um, specialise in. You might need to work out if there's something unique about you as a dancer. And that's your selling point. So USP, what is it about me that I need to pitch to someone to collaborate, to be hired, to direct or whatever. Um, decide if your context matters 
and keep your images up to date and relevant. So those of you that have had professional shoots as children after a dance competition, it might not be relevant to keep those photos in your portfolio. In fact, most of the time it probably won't be. It's good to show an employer that you have been involved in dance forever. Obviously, as a background, that's amazing. But if you're pitching yourself for a particular kind of dance and then you've got a picture of you doing street dance at nine years old, just because it's the only professional pictures you've got, don't put it in your portfolio. It's not going to pitch the relevance of your craft. So keep it up to date. Um, tone is really important. So like working out the tone of what you're going for um, will help you pick the right photographs for the portfolio you put forward. Ultimately, if you're going for a really serious role that kind of pitches like the marginalization of women in Asian countries, for example, um, put in a, a smiley picture of you, like dancing, I don't know, with everyone in bright pink with pom-poms, it's not the right tone. You've got to work out like what kind of an image of you they're looking for and pitch stuff that fits that. It's like your CV, you tailor it for every job, you're going to tailor your portfolio for every job. Um, and then, yeah, just effervesce confidence, really. Like, you're just not allowed to be unique. What? You're not allowed to be, did I say unique? You're not allowed to be unique. What I meant was you're not allowed to be nervous. You're definitely supposed to be unique. Um, you should absolutely radiate, I know how to do this. This is my thing. Even if that's not the case, even if you feel like actually you forget choreography the day after you've learnt it and you're not really good at talking to people for the first time, your picture shouldn't say that. Your picture should say, I am an individual. I have a lot of skill. And actually, whatever you're doing, I'm the right person for straight away. So create pictures that portray that and choose pictures for your portfolio that only put that across. It's like a big piece of advice. Um, this picture I took at a charity event. It was like a Strictly Come Dancing vibe thing at Warwick. Um, the One of these was a professional dancer. He was. And she, I think, did like volleyball. But you can see she actually looks incredibly confident in this picture. There's a lot about her that looks really accomplished, even though she's never danced before. She danced for like three weeks to do this. So, yeah, it's all about what aspect of a person you're pitching. Um, if you're doing it for yourself, you have a lot of say. I think I've broken it again. There we go. Um, so yeah, that's my question. Who am I as a dancer? Why am I unique? <laughs> Just think about those things. And then, yeah, basically my boss, as much as I don't work for her anymore, and as much as I'm coming up to see you for a shoot at DMU, um, she's offered like a little deal for you guys. So I'm from Essex. I don't know how far away you all are when you're at home home. Um, but my studio that I work for is based in Blackmore in Essex. It's quite well connected. So if you can get to London, you can easily get to us at the studio. Um, it's about £12 from Stratford to get the train and back. So if that helps you guys. Um, she's offering a 60 minute creative shoot with a really, really incredible studio, like professional lighting, fabrics, wind machines, crazy ideas. Um, quite a few of her professional photographers at the studio are dancers themselves so having a chat with them on the phone is great because you'll get a photographer that understands your dance style um the particular deal she's offering i'm just gonna move this over um is 189 pounds for an hour and you get with this i think it's one digital image which as i was saying it's a lot of money we all know it's a lot of money this is about the going rate for this thing but if you ring them up and say I've met Jordan, this is where I'm going, I'd love to be an ambassador, she'll give you more, um, don't just take the one, she makes money based on the fact that you'll be scared, you've never had one before, and you'll just book it and take it, you've got to ring her up and be like, look, this is what I want, what can you do, 
Um, so that's the deal that she's offering at the minute. That's the website you can go to to book it and to find the contact information. Um, you won't be with me, but you'll be with some of my incredible colleagues. So if you do want to do a movement shoot where you've got all your different costumes and styles, um, you can also come as a, as a cohort. So if you wanted to come as a group, um, I'm sure she would offer you a specific deal for an afternoon or something. Um, but yeah, that's a little deal she said I could pitch to you. So I thought I would. Um, and then, yeah, this is my Etsy page. I'm just like, uh, what's it, plugging myself now. So I'm currently selling wildlife shots to raise money for conservation. Um, and this, so this is partly helping me buy more equipment to do more of my own dance photography and then partly saving sea turtles. So if you want to check out my Tika Project Etsy page, I would be much appreciative of you all. And also, um, if you want to ever communicate with me in any fashion, um, there's Sasha, by the way. Sasha's there with the lovely Ollie from Coventry. Um, this is a classic, what do you call it? Candid Sasha. Um, I love you. You're brilliant. You actually effervesce confidence like I was talking about. It's great. Um, this is a lovely couple top left as well that just always turn up to chat nights. They're Greek and they're incredible. Um, yeah, so please contact me in any form. My number's available in the chat. You can contact me on the Tika project. Um, I will always offer advice if I can or just chat to you about your projects if you just want to bounce ideas off someone excitable. Um, but thank you for having me. I know I've gone way overboard. It's like, look at the time. Um, but yeah, that's that's everything I think that I can offer. Brilliant. <laughs> I think that's that that's a lot to take on for everyone. I think in in like we don't know. I don't know personally. I don't really know. There's that much of a details that we kind of have to think about, even to just go to a professional photographer mm. to to do that. But um, I was wondering if any of you got any questions to Jordan. Go on. Um, it was it was the first thing on like when you're taking. Um, the photos like um, you said it takes like multiple shots but I I was just looking on my phone I was like wait how do I do that so um, yes yeah, so in terms of like going to a to a studio or, or having a photographer come and take pictures of you in motion um, it was when you was talking about the headshots, headshots. Um, yeah yeah and how to do it on like the settings on um, the iPhone and those I think you said there was something to do with first. Like, yeah, that's option. I'm but, actually, you're going to laugh. My phone is in Spanish at the moment because I'm trying to be better at Spanish because I haven't lived in, in Costa Rica for a while now. And all of the settings have got different names. I'm actually trying to find where burst is. I feel like, hang on a minute. Might be because I'm on portrait mode. Yeah, what you should be able to do. I think actually iPhones change. So if you put it on live, what happens is when it takes a live picture, you obviously get a series of shots in one burst as such. And so although it looks like you haven't got multiple images, when you go to edit, you can actually choose which one of those images within that burst you want. So by taking a live image, it's probably the closest you can get at the minute to a burst. So just putting okay. it on live might be your best option. Um, that way you can eliminate any little blurs, any weird little squints that your eyes do in the second. Um, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, just thank you. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, anything else? If not, if you guys feel like you come up with questions later and you're like, oh, you know, when you have a go at taking your own headshots or something, or if you're trying to work out what to do with your own aesthetics and things, feel free to contact me and be like, look, I'm thinking of this. Any ideas? Yeah. Um, and 
obviously we're going to have Jordan coming around to ours uh, from the 5th and the 6th of May. Um, so, but there will be like further link uh, how like, and there will be further like information in around that. And also we were thinking if the weather is actually quite good, we're thinking doing it outdoors rather than indoors but obviously that is really weather dependent on it but that's kind of like the idea at the moment we've got the, was it 31 Becca what was the last one? yeah 31 people sign up on a two different days um I was thinking more of like each person has a slot of like half an hour to kind of like be comfortable and stuff like that I think yeah because yeah, I think it will be really nice and Jordan gonna stay over in Leicester so yeah. it'll be a really good opportunity to kind of like you know it's it's we want it to be like a chill session for everyone to kind of like experience because especially if you never really had it done before yeah, um it's kind of it's kind of nice experience to kind of have and then it doesn't have to cost a fortune because Jordan kind enough to lowering the price to kind of like you know to be super affordable for us well, so yeah you know unsure of your identity and things and then feel like you're under pressure to get it right because if you have no idea what your face looks like when you smile if you have no idea like how well you are at holding your poses you can't be expected in 10 minutes to just get all your good stuff out you've really got to have time to play with it so yeah I'll have all the time if we run over I'll stay an extra day and just steal uh, Sasha's snacks <laughs> that's absolutely fine so yeah if you I mean, I hope you guys already got uh, all the information. This all recorded and actually going to come out as a podcast. So if you think, oh, I, I want to go back to there again, and actually you can just click on to, we're going to post it, and then you can just go fast forward to the section that you actually needed. And don't forget to do the challenge because I actually want to do it myself and then see whether it's actually, you know, something that's actually worked. Because if it is, I'm changing my LinkedIn page. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, I see this as a challenge in terms of like, okay, I've got to get my perfect dance headshot. But be like, okay, my LinkedIn needs a needs an update. Let's have a go. Um, and if you put less pressure on yourself in that way, you know, you haven't got to decide your dance identity today. But just see, you know, do I look like myself in this picture? Do I look approachable? Do I look business-like? Um, and just kind of play, play with your face, play with your settings, see what you can do. And again, like I'll be friendly in every respect. I feel like if you send me a headshot, I'm going to be like, oh my God, what have you done? Um, I, I will literally be like, this is fantastic. Have you tried this? Why don't you switch this bit up? Um, I'll always kind of offer something. So yeah, please be in touch. Like I look forward to seeing the challenge. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Thank you very much for everyone that are coming. And thank you, Jordan, to kind of like come around and sharing this with us. This is a lot of information for everyone. So. I'll see you guys hopefully on the shoot. So yeah, brilliant. <laughs> well, enjoy your weekends, everyone. Thank you for Thank having you. And uh, yeah, sorry for the information overload, but hopefully, even if you take one thing out of it, sorted. That's all we need. <laughs> <laughs>